now with us as he usually is on most Monday evenings and if you're catching this on the replay Tuesday mornings retire National Weather Service meteorologist Hugh Johnson who is back from Florida hey Hugh welcome back how's reality treating you in some ways I miss Florida blaze uh, it's still in the 80s down there and I came back right before that big snowstorm on Saturday so a little bit of a rude awakening, but hey, it's March in Albany. What are you going to do? <laughs> Indeed. Well, we had two storms. The one last week that really didn't amount to as much. Well, really, neither did the one we had over the weekend, though in spite or despite of those two storms, it was pretty quiet. Yeah, well, I thought the one on the weekend, it looked to me like the, the accumulations were pretty good with what the forecasters came up with. The one earlier in the week definitely was an underperformer but the the one this weekend the the thing to take home was all the power outages uh, did you realize there were up to nearly fifty thousand people in the dark with that mostly in the capital region if you looked at the uh, power outage maps it was like almost all concentrated in our area so i think it was just a combination the snow was just wet enough and uh, heavy enough to to cause the damage and i still see a lot of tree limbs down all over the place when i go by and walk and stuff it was pretty nasty. We lost power here for 30 seconds. I guess we were lucky. I lost power for three hours in Albany. Yeah, that's not, that's an inconvenience, but thankfully it wasn't horrible. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, here's the thing. We had six in my house, I had 6.6 inches and 0.98 inches of liquid equivalent when I melted that snow. In a normal snow in Albany, you're looking more like a 10 to 1, 12 to 1 ratio, liquid to snow ratio. So it should have been about half an inch of liquid. So we had a lot more liquid. And because of that, it was very wet and clingy. It just it was just a perfect combination. I, it's the most destructive snow we've had here in a while, I, I, I'd say, in many years. Well, very interesting indeed, Hugh Johnson, with me, Blaze Bryant, and Bria Barthel here on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I mean, we could talk about the storm and compare it to what things have been like over the years but this past winter you know december through february the temperatures were well above normal a little over 32 degrees what's going on another warm one yes indeed uh the third it, it, i didn't see it on the national weather service page but it looks to me as though it, it comes close to time for our third warmest winter ever our warmest, by the way, was that Super El Nino back in 1516 when we averaged 33.4, so only a degree off. But you know, basically, most of the winter we were not in a, in a uh, progressive uh, pattern. There was no blocking. The, the polar vortex was well north, and we had a lot of clouds. The clouds, probably, believe it or not, might have been the biggest wild card keeping us warm because it kept temperatures at night above freezing. Many nights in January, January particularly was mild. We had a little period of cold weather in December, and we had that one brief, really cold shot in February. But other than that, that's all she wrote. We had a few snowstorms, but slop storms, uh, nothing you know of great consequence. So, yeah, this is this is climate change. I mean, you know, it just seems like this is the pattern we're in, where we get these mild winters, and then as we talked about, a lot of times we end up having a colder early spring because the polar vortex weakens, uh, lets the cold air down, and now it's just stuck floating around for a while. So that seems to be what the case is going to be. This March has not looked so hot. <laughs> so despite the warmer weather, 
as you just explained about polar vortex, we can probably expect some more snow? Yeah, probably along the line. Now, here's the good news, if you don't like snow like me, is we're going to see a storm go to our south tonight. It's a small one, it's, but it has a little moderate, a pretty narrow band of moderate snow. It's going to be a Scranton, New York City, possibly down the Philly uh, problem, and should pass well or south. What it will do, though, is kick up the winds tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a little colder and feeling. And then we've got to watch for storms over the weekend and around Pi Day. Uh, there's two potential storms. And miles are all over the place. Uh, I think we definitely have to keep an eye out because it's right now it's up in the air. We could end up getting some pretty good snow from at least one of those systems. So, yeah, it's definitely a, we're not out of the woods yet, by, and there's really no warm-up in sight. Uh, Hugh just mentioned Pi Day. For those few who may not know, Pi Day <laughs> is March 14th because it's 3.14, the, the beginning of the decimals for Pi. P-I. Yeah, I, I will make one prediction. It will not be as bad if we get snow on the Tuesday. It will not be as bad as the Pi Day storm at 17 when we got at my house 23.2 inches of snow. I think the airport got like 18. They were on the low end of things, but that was a huge storm. I don't think we'll get anything quite like that. So not only do we have to be aware of the Ides of March, but also mm-hmm. a snowstorm. Pi Day. Yep, yep, you got it. <laughs> Well, uh, Hugh Shakespeare, yeah, well, Hugh Shakespeare Johnson joins us here on Hudson Mohawk oh Magazine. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, hey, Hugh, I had to do it. Uh, so let's talk about daylight savings time and its impact on climate change and different energies. Okay, well, on climate change, I mean, daylight time is, you know, basically you turn the clock hour ahead and, and back. It really has no bearing on climate change, but, but it does have a, a bearing on uh, how you distribute heat in the morning or, or light. You know? And, and it, the funny thing was, Blade, back in 06, when we started doing daylight time in mid-March, there was an article that came out in the paper that they raised gasoline prices 25 cents and they blamed it on daylight time, even though it was supposed to save energy. Why? Because it got dark again in the morning. Mornings are getting light. Back to an hour. So, you know, kids were going out in the dark. And, and yeah, that's going to happen. It's, it doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, save energy. And, of course, you get into the whole thing about the permanent daylight time and all that. And I, I'm not a big fan of it for a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, it's great in the summer. I love it in the summer. So that, that's just my own opinion. But it doesn't do anything with daylight, um, climate, no. <laughs> And what Hugh was mentioning is that the Senate has passed a bill to make daylight savings time permanent year-round, but the House has uh, not acted on it because people disagree on if it should be standard time year-round or daylight savings time year-round. They both agree I don't that... Think we'll, yeah. Go ahead. I don't think we'll see standard time ever all year-round. That, that, would, that would kill the economy. I mean, you've got you know, you to have people out buying the ice cream at 8, 9 o'clock in the evening when it's still light out, so... But it's just a question, do we stay where we are or do we just go daylight time all year round? And, you know, you probably probably even lead this split as, as many things are. You know, people will some people will say, sure. But I remember in 74, we went to daylight time in January. It was horrible. Kids were getting hurt, hurt and stuff because it was pitch black in the morning going to school. So, you know, that's what you're up against. You just you can't change the nine hours of daylight. You're still going to that's not going to change. It's just how you skew it. 
Then again, I remember there's Mayor... that being one of our first conversations, by the way, when, when I started doing oh, these wow. shows with you. Yeah. Cool. We can always do what some of the Canadian maritime provinces do of take the average and go to half hours rather than an hour forward or back. Yeah, that, that is, that's a compromise. That, that might work. Yeah, there's, there's many, many, many things. But again, you know, back to the climate and so forth, it, it just really seems like the pattern that I'm seeing is, you know, milder winters and followed by delayed springs. It seems like the last few years, although it's funny, I looked at the last four marches, they were actually above normal, but April definitely was where you sometimes feel even more. And I remember 18, we had a really cold April after having uh, a, you know, a relatively a, a normal or a slightly above normal winter, but we had a really bad eight, April, sure. which is cold. Yeah. Sure. Hugh, we've got 60 seconds. Give us the forecast. Okay. Dry tonight, cold, cloudy, windy tomorrow, but stays dry the rest of the week. Cold tomorrow, seasonable temperatures Thursday and Friday, around 40 again. And then watch out for the weekend. Still uh, a possibility of a snowstorm. And then another one we talked about into next week. And temperatures staying at or a little bit below normal. So uh, get used to it. <laughs> all okay. right. Well, I guess that's all we can do is do our best to get used to it. Hugh Johnson, we are flat out of time. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us here on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Great having you back again for another discussion. And we look forward to talking with you again next week. You got it. My pleasure. Have a great one, folks.